travellers and welcome to another edition of You Should Have Been There with me, Mick Webb, and me, Simon Calder. Today we're going to um, deal with a phrase um, rather than a topic. It's when in Rome, do as the Romans. Yes, and or indeed, uh, wherever you are, do you do as the local people do? Um, I've actually just been looking at the Foreign Office advice for the World Club Championships, which, as you may or may not know, begins on the 11th of December in Qatar. And it's the kind of prototype for the World Cup, which will be coming to a well-known oil-rich Gulf state with absolutely no history of uh, football um, in three years' time. And so they basically just want to uh, test it all out, which means that they will get thousands, perhaps tens of thousands, maybe even hundreds of thousands of football fans who quite sensibly don't want to be in Liverpool or Hamburg or Ghent in the in the middle of uh, of winter and would rather be in Doha enjoying some sunshine but not unfortunately enjoying um well a great long list of things um drinking except on licensed premises sex with either somebody to whom you are not married or indeed somebody who happens to be of the same gender as you, and all manner of other things uh, to do with dress and behaviour and uh, generally when in, when in Doha, when in Qatar. Do you think that um, the local uh, laws, um, draconian as they do appear to uh, me from some distance away, will be Others relaxed? Others conservative. Conservative, we'll see. Okay, fair point. But will they be relaxed? Do you think in any way for well, uh, for they, this occasion? But they already are in in the UAE, which is of course at um, at least in the, in the middle of a uh, uh, geopolitical conflict with um, with Qatar, and so you can't fly in and out. But uh, for the last twenty five years, Dubai has pretended to be Las Vegas on sea, while at the same time remaining part of the UAE with its very conservative rules um particularly on 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 uh, sexual relations but um there will be people waking up this morning in hotel rooms in dubai with someone to whom they are not married or indeed maybe even someone of the same gender who, who they are particularly close to and of course they turn a blind eye and qatar will turn a blind eye to a certain extent but then time and again you just get an example made of you Right, well, look, before we get on to further discussion of uh, when in Rome, uh, I just want to um, uh, mention something that was brought to my attention by one of our listeners on Anchor FM, um, uh, and it picks up a point that uh, you made uh, in our last podcast about uh, some of the interesting uh, travel experiences that you can enjoy by getting the names of your destination oh, yes. confused in the yes. uh, local language and um I, I this had passed me by but apparently two because i'm not a liverpool supporter sorry to admit that but two liverpool supporters um following their clubs um in in their most recent match uh, in belgium um ended up in um ghent Right, uh, second mention for both Liverpool and Ghent. In the, uh, uh, we've only been talking for a few minutes. Isn't that funny? It's it's, yes, the world is a handkerchief, yeah. as they say in Spain. Or Do they? Uh, yeah, it's a small world. Is El Luis Manuel of the world oh. is a handkerchief, which actually is a sort of both a brilliant and a horrible kind of metaphor at the same time. Yes, you depends um, how your how clean your handkerchief well, is. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. We, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah. When, yeah, yeah, when, when in Spain, be careful of your handkerchief. Yes, and well, when in uh, when going to. Um, 
Genk, which is where the match was actually held. Uh, make sure you don't end up in Ghent, which is where these <sighs> two chaps did end up. And um, uh, they didn't find out of their mistake until quite close to the kickoff, and it was too late to do the was it fifty miles, I don't know, hour and a half's journey or whatever to get to the other place. So they, um, so they were restricted to watching the match in a bar, but they said they had a thoroughly splendid time doing that. So. Um, uh, that was part of your kind of idea, wasn't it, really? That um, getting lost and making oh, mistakes can lead to actually better experiences sometimes. Yes, I mean, there are limits. Of course, the uh, the couple who went online and bought tickets to Sydney and turned up uh, were, were quite surprised that their f- first stop should be Toronto because it's not really on the way to Sydney and even more surprised when the uh, second stop was only after a couple of hours um, in, in Sydney. But... Unfortunately, the one in um, Nova Scotia, not in New South Wales. Although New Scotland, New South Wales, it's close. And of course, the, the locals or an airline had a whip round and gave them tickets. And, and uh, But, but uh, long, long standing uh, mistakes, particularly in the days when you used to phone up dodgy travel agents to get what were then called bu- bucket shop tickets. And yes, the scope, for, scope yeah. for problems was immense. So a relatively easy one to deal with was um, Dulles, the international airport for Washington, and Dallas, of course, which is Dallas in, in Texas. But then much worse was if you booked a ticket to Dakar and found yourself in the other Dakar, whether that was the capital of Senegal or the capital of Bangladesh. Um, different spellings, very similar on the phone. Um, and uh, uh, many people, many people went went astray. Ah, well, that um, I think it would be very good if uh, any of our um, many listeners who <laughs> had a, um, a similar uh, experience and would like to tell us about it briefly, um, uh, then they can do so. You can do so um, uh, via a voice message on um, Anchor FM, A N C H O R dot FM. Another piece of advice, um, feedback, I think we should call it, that uh, we've had from our previous two podcasts is that uh, instead of just us two um, old farts boring away, it'd be really nice uh, if we had some other features. So with this in mind, um, I'm now going to uh, play uh, you and you, Simon, and you, everybody who's listening, um, a recording which I made uh, early this summer. You have to guess what it is and where it was recorded. And then um, we'll come back to it at the end of the programme and uh, let's see who's got it right. Apart from me, obviously, because I can just about (laughs) still remember where it was. Anyway, uh, now when in Rome, when in yeah. Rome, to the, um, the the main topic, when in Rome. Um, Simon, do you know where when in Rome, uh, as a phrase or saying, originated? Well, I'm guessing I, it would be sometime before uh, the birth of Christ, and I imagine it was something that the Phoenicians or the Greeks or the Carthaginians or somebody said um, when before their their emissaries were dispatched to um, uh, the the heart of the Roman Empire, they said, um, of course, when in Rome, do as the Romans do as a parting parting word. That's a good try, but actually it's wrong. Um, Apparently, allegedly, 
uh, and on good authority, actually, um, the phrase uh, is attributed to St. Ambrose, and it's not before Ooh. Christ, the 4th century AD, I think we're talking about here. Yeah. And it was in a piece of advice that he gave to the young St. Augustine, who at the time was an up-and-coming member of the Christian church, and one who, of course, was to eclipse St. Ambrose big time, yes. because I don't really think I know anybody who knows who St. Ambrose was. Oh, well, there is in Palm Beach, um, so, so uh, Donald Trump's... Uh, uh, now hometown, uh, the island in, in Florida, the, the, um, the 1930s restaurant called um, the Saint Ambrosius. But uh, there we are. They're just just sticking up for, for Ambrose for a moment. Anyway. I, don't you think that might be more connected with Ambrosia, the mm, food of the gods? Oh, no. So, well, you'd think so, but it was the Saint which did it for me. Yeah. Anyway. Apparently, Saint Augustine was perturbed by the difference in the way that mass was celebrated in Rome ah. um, from how it was in Milan. But the wise advice of the older um, St. Ambrose, who at the time was the Archbishop of Milan, and that was all the Bishop of Milan, which is why uh, St. Augustine, St. Augustine um, contacted him, was, never mind, uh, it's different everywhere. Uh, and so... If I were you, when in Rome, celebrate it. Uh, when in Milan, celebrate it as it is in Milan. And when in Rome, um, do it as it is in Rome. And um, the, I suppose this was a time when most people, unless they were extremely wealthy or soldiers or, or well, sailors or stuff, wouldn't have travelled more than 20 miles from, from their homes in their life. No, um, well, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, in, in the olden days, and I'm taking us pretty much up to the uh, uh, the last 500 years, arguably the last 100 years, um, the uh, international travel has, for the vast majority of people, purely been for, for trade, you know, as, as merchant seamen mostly, uh, for war, lots of that, and for pilgrimage. So, there we are. Yes, and and it's of course it, it holds good as it did in the fourth century because you've just got to have respect for the culture that you're going to. You have to fit in, and if you don't, well, you are taking a number of risks. The first one of which is that you will upset everybody, um, which is which is most regrettable um, that they may not like foreigners um, in future. And uh, of course, much more seriously from your point of view, you may be breaking laws. You may be. Um, starting fights it's it's a, a very tricky thing you always always be respectful always watch always listen always um uh reflect well that's interesting because in fact the latter part of the um the the advice given by St Ambrose was in fact in this is a translation that i have from the original latin but uh, it says that um blah, 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 when in Rome, blah, blah, blah. If you desire neither to give offence by your <laughs> conduct, nor to find cause of offence in others. Ah, which I think is an, interest, an interesting others, yes. sort of extra, um, yeah. uh, interesting additional um, thought. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm trying to think of, of places where uh, you and perhaps I might have been, where um, the behaviour of the locals is actually positively offensive and unpleasant. Um, well, I do have a, an, an example of this, which Good. has just come to my mind. Um, I was in Madrid with uh, a very good friend, late friend, I'm sorry to say, Tony Lambert, who was a Hispanist uh, and a lecturer in Spanish studies. And we were in Madrid sitting in a bar quite accidentally on 
Spain's national day. But it was at the time when Franco um, was still in power. Ooh, and ninety. Uh, 74, 75. It was, yes. This was in about 72. And there was this military parade, uh, as you can imagine. I mean, a massive thing with tanks and a fly past and lots of Spanish flags. And, uh, and a lot of the Spanish sort of upper bourgeoisie out in all their best clothes. Mm-hmm. And a very um, posh woman with an extremely exotic hairdo sitting in front of us got up and shouted out, Long live Franco and my and I thought, oh, oh God, no. and yeah. Tony, who was um of, of whom I was very proud at that moment, said in very good Spanish, he spoke brilliant spanish um madam um this that man is an absolute disgrace, a sort of blot on the face of humanity, and she turned round and smashed a water jug over his head, and we had to go to hospital um, oh, oh, oh gosh, I literally she was. Seventy and incredibly well dressed, and I suppose uh, you know in some places we would have been lynched. But um, as it happened, uh, well, that, that's a yeah, second degree lynching. Um, oh gosh, and I wonder with uh, with uh, elections and here and things going on here, whether we might see similar scenes. Although I imagine it wouldn't be a, well, a water jug; it would be a, a bottle of. Uh, some some probably Belgian lager. So, do you think people in tourists will be? Warned in years to come when in Manchester, dot, dot, dot. Well, be extremely careful not to... Oh, well, th- this takes us on to the, the whole issue of, um, dare I say it, Brexit. And, um, I, I, I mean, when we have to assume uh, Brexit goes through, tourism to Britain will be much diminished anyway. So there will be people curious, curious to see what, what it was... That, uh, that, that that upset the Brits, but no, I mean Scotland will become independent, and therefore uh, many people will go to Scotland. Ireland, in the long term, will profit because you know, if you're looking from North America and you want to find a friendly, welcoming, open, tolerant, liberal, beautiful, cultured uh, country, well, you would obviously pick Ireland over. England. And you um, probably won't need a visa. Uh, um, well, exactly, yes. Um, uh, well, you um, won't. Well, yeah. <laughs> for most part, from, um, certainly from other parts of Europe. But do you think that, I mean, do you think there will be um, museums of Brexit? And, I mean, a bit like, you know, we were talking uh, in the first podcast about borders, about how yes. some particularly um, uh, difficult, challenging and indeed obnoxious borders, um, like the one between uh, the former East and uh, West Germany at Checkpoint Charlie have now become quite decent money spinners as tourist attractions. And I suppose we could come up with something similar. I don't know. I don't think any. No, no, no. How can you how can you celebrate? um, uh, The the reason I would say Checkpoint Charlie has become a money spinner is because uh, we we can all kind of stand back and laugh and uh, uh, almost even, of course, many tragedies involved with that uh, that nasty frontier. But it, it's a move towards openness, whereas to say, ha, yes, we used to welcome people and now we, we, we regard them with cynicism and um, suspicion. And, um, and by the way, our tourism industry has imploded because we realised too late that the vast majority of people keeping the tourist industry going were, in fact, um, very welcome workers from um, the European <laughs> Union who've all gone now feeling very unwelcome and, um, uh, and underpaid because of the collapse of, of sterling. So I don't think so. I, I, it was very interesting. I, I'm lucky enough to work with um, a lot of younger colleagues, typically 30 Um and I was um, uh, referring to something I've written 
20 years ago about the channel tunnel in which I'd used the term channel and the blank looks channel what's that and one or two of them worked it out um and called it absurd and i think um similarly in 20 years time people will say brexit was that um and uh, yeah who knows what state the uk will be in but um yeah, i think i think i think we will we will be in a different place but um i suppose we ought to come up with some advice for um, when it went in post-Brexit Britain, um, do as the uh, Brexiteers. Well, again, do, I think uh, maybe if anybody's got any ideas yes. for that, do um, do, dr- do, <laughs> do send us a <laughs> yes. do send us a voice message on um, Anchor FM. But you know, you talking about the changing nature of things and how things pass. I mean, there is a. I was struck by um, the news quite recently um, that. Airs Rock, ah, which yes. uh, now I have which never... I think we must call Uluru. Oh, thank you. Um, yes, apologies I'm, for I had the actually um, forgotten momentary colonial. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I don't. I'm, I'm afraid I've still got one foot in the colonial past, but I'm trying to extricate it as we speak. Uh, that that, that um, I've never had the pleasure of. Have you have you visited it, or is that? I have visited it. I walked around it. I'd like to say I've walked around it out of respect for the Aboriginal people and the sanctity of their shrine. Um, in fact, I walked around it because I was, the, the beginning bit was actually very scary for those of us um, predisposed to um, uh, fear of heights. Ah, oh, right. But mm, so. That was accidental. Yes, doing accidental. As, well, that, that, that's an interesting point, though, because it's that's when in Australia do as the Australians. Well, actually, no, it's when in Australia do as some of the Australians. Well, yeah, so, do, um, well it, 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 no, it, it goes back to Ambrose and Augustine and uh, uh, Milan and Rome. It's it, you, know, you have to respect what people are doing in that particular part of the world. Um, and. Of course, if you're on somebody's ceremonial land, you have to respect that. And increasingly in Australia, in the US, in Canada, there's, uh, um, you, you need to um, do as the Inuit do. This at least sort of brings home the fact that uh, as a tourist, visitor, traveller or whatever, you do have uh, some duties other than um, rather than um, just the one of um, getting the best deal, not being ripped off and uh, having as good a time as you possibly can. Well, yes, but but there is another dynamic as well, which is, which is um, of course, respect, of course, um, adhere to, to their rules, their values, their moral code, etc. Um, but there's also the fact that you are actually... Um, transferring collectively shed loads of money to these places and so therefore uh, well that's one reason why why a blind eye is turned in Dubai is one reason why in um, beautiful parts of um, of Greece and Cyprus you know that the they're they're, uh, 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 extravagantly um, um, decadent behavior is um well, i was going to say encouraged that would be unfair certainly tolerated because it brings in prodigious amounts of cash and there's almost a kind of the, the idea that well uh, we will we will let the um uh, the british the germans um whoever else come in and do as they would do at home if they were only allowed to and if only the drinks were cheap enough um because it's uh, it makes sound business sense yeah Yes, that's true. But do you feel? I mean, I, I, as a as a traveller and a and, and a visitor in in quite a, quite a few places, I I 
do have this kind of strong feeling, I, I don't know whether everybody does, that I am some sort of ambassador. So when I'm in um, Britain, I don't feel hugely particularly English. I mean, um, but um, when I'm in um, Spain or Rome or whatever, I do feel that I should, um, um, it's, it's not carry the flag, I should actually um, display <laughs> rather more decent behaviour than I do at home, I think, uh, uh, to, if I was to be honest. Um, we did start this with the idea that we were going to discuss when in Rome. So I'm going to ask you, um, when in Rome, um, rather than do as the Romans, um, what, what would you do as a tourist if you could visit one thing? In what, Rome. In, when in Rome, what would you thoroughly recommend as, as a, uh, uh, a, a, a destination for uh, a visitor? I, 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 yeah, and it's very straightforward and it's all to do with your flight home. Um, I would visit Ostia Antica, and this is um, a, a almost almost deserted uh, historical site, um, which is downstream, down along the Tiber uh, from Rome towards the sea, very close to Fiumicino, where the airport is, and it is miraculous. It is the old port that used to serve Rome, and the waters have silted up, and it is... Uh, within a dozen miles or so of, of uh, all these overcrowded sites, the Colosseum, uh, the Vatican and so on, um, you, you've got somewhere where you can be in splendid isolation and really get a sense of the Roman Empire and everything that it achieved. What about yours? Well, actually, I'm going to, um, rather, than a, uh, rather than quote a specific place, I'm going, to, um, I'm going to suggest a piece of advice I was given um, when, uh, uh, for work, uh, I was sent to Rome, which is, of course, a very good thing indeed, and I had to um, rent a car from Fiumicino Airport. I'm just going to stop you there. You're fluent, Mick, in French and in Spanish. Um, does that help when you when in Rome do you speak in in some mix of the two or do you manage uh, in in Italian I, I have studied Italian somewhat and I've actually got beyond the stage when you get um, common Spanish words which I'd studied before mixed up so uh, it used to be very easy to make quite a hilarious idiot of yourself by getting the Spanish word for donkey and the Italian word for butter, both of which oh. are burro, mixed up. <laughs> and I always used to get pomodori and pomeriggio mixed up. Those are both Italian words for tomatoes and afternoon, um, which you can imagine. <laughs> can I have a kilo of afternoons, please? Or I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow tomato, if that's all right. But it, it always made the, um, it always made your um, uh, interlocutor laugh anyway, if yes. nothing else. Well, when in Rome, don't rent a car would be another piece of advice I had, but you've got... No, well, I did actually have to rent a car because I was working and I rented it from Fiumicino Airport, which you've just mentioned and to get round most of Rome which I had to do to go off in the direction I had to go off in I had to go round the um uh, the huge outer ring road the um, tangenziale with the grande raccordo anulare okay the great ring road which Fact possibly is called the tangenziale as well and um um before I uh, went, I was talking to an Italian colleague and I was actually a bit nervous about driving uh, yes. in Italy because I never had done before. And there are all of these um, 
stereotypes about Italian driving in Italy. Uh, so I asked this uh, this colleague, I said, uh, I've got to drive around the the uh, ring road in uh, in in Rome. What would you advise? And he said, first of all, don't do it. And then yes. uh, then he said he gave me this very good piece of advice. He said, uh, whatever you do, don't use the wing mirrors. He said, just look ahead of you. He said, you need all of your attention on what is going on in front of you. And if you just if you're distracted for a second, you will almost certainly crash into something in front of you. So uh, I did this. I followed his advice and the mist came down. So it was utterly terrifying. It was rush hour. And I cannot tell you the the, the mayhem uh, that, that uh, took place in front of me. But luckily I was watching and uh, got around it in one piece, which I think is probably about time for us to go. But I just remembered that I set you, um, yes. I set you a task. I said, everybody, a, a little challenge. So yeah, um, well, look, I, I'm, I'm very simply going to say uh, cicadas and, and that really could be anywhere from, well, I'd, I'd say the Mediterranean southwards, probably um, taking in taking in uh, South America, parts of Africa, Asia. Um, so in terms of geographical location, um, and I'm, I'm assuming it is cicadas and there's not, not some great trick which involves um, uh, some, some other strange creature or indeed machine. Um, but as to where, I have not the slightest, slightest idea. It is indeed cicadas, an extraordinary number of them. And I, I recorded it um, on one of the Croatian islands, which I cannot recommend too highly. Ah. Um, a very long, thin and beautiful uh, place called Cres, as it's written down, and Cres, um, as it's pronounced approximately. When in Cres, quite right. It's the nearest city is Rijeka. And you can fly to Pula or Zada um, and then and then get um, various ferries. Um, lovely place indeed. Uh, and uh, I think that's probably, well, when in, when in Croatia, go and see the Romans in the shape of Diocletian's palace, which is the heart of the city of Split. That indeed is a beautiful place as well. Uh, I think that's probably about it for today. Um, in our next podcast... We're um, we're going to consider another um, another well-known phrase or saying, which is better to travel than to arrive. Yes, uh, a very very uh, looking forward very much indeed to this. And um, I must say, well, go on, give us a clue. Um, travel arrive. Which are you? Ah, it is a difficult one. I think treat them both equally. Um, in, in, enjoy both of them and get the most you can out of uh, the journey and the destination. Of course, nobody, I don't think, enjoys being on a low-cost airline flight for three hours, but you do enjoy arriving somewhere sunny and beautiful and new. But of course, journeys have an awful lot to be said for them, particularly when things go differently from what you expect. So if you have a view on whether it's better to travel or to arrive, you know how to get in touch. You should have been there. Anchor.fm And uh, till next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.